Yeah, low flying jets. That's uh, Heat Miser bringing us in uh, with an appropriate song for the tight end position, since the jets are very low flying <laughs> at the tight end position. Um, so we're not going to be talking about a lot of jets here. Welcome back to the Rotobomb Podcast for like the fourth time today. Uh, I'm Pete Davidson, and we're just gonna we're gonna breeze through these tight ends. Um, and again, hopefully. Uh, going through this uh, on a podcast form gives you guys a little bit more of a feel for where I'm at. Um, <laughs> not that that's the only thing you care about. Um, so tight end, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of the tight end position. I always I play in a lot of tight end premium leagues. Um, and, you know, as always, I feel like the tight end position is deeper than people give it credit for. But, again, as Lord Reeves, and I, I didn't have time to do a podcast with Reeves preseason. Uh, we'll probably have one soon, hopefully. Uh, but, um as he would have said if he was here, Pete, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, but seriously, I, I, it's a very nuanced view I have of the tight end position. First of all, obviously, Kelsey, great player, good choice in round one if you're trying to differentiate and go a different way. Kittle and Waller are sort of tied for the next spot on my board. I sort of feel like Waller's targets aren't as locked in as people think. I feel like he could come down just a little bit, but a little bit could be enough for Kittle to get past him because I think Kittle is, you know, is a monster. Um, so those three guys are my tops. Um, after that, we get into Pitts and Hawkinson, which is a different part of the draft, right? I mean, you know, Kelsey's a first round. Kittle and Waller are going in like the second. Maybe they'll bleed into the third. Usually Waller, then Kittle. Um, and then Pitts and Hawkinson, for me, are guys I'll look at in the fifth. Mark Andrews is also in that group. I'm, I'm just not feeling Andrews. It's, he's a fade, but I can't tell you I have great reasons for doing it. I just, I'm, I'm not trusting it for some reason. I'm just being honest. Um, but all those guys are viable in that late fourth, fifth round area. For me, you know, I'm going for Pitts in the brass ring. Hawkinson... You know, if it was if you know in a 0.5 PPR, probably Pitts in a full PPR, maybe I go to Hawkinson. It's really close. Um, you know, so clearly those top six guys have a chance to be elite guys. I feel really strong about my top five. A little bit touchy feely with Andrews. The seven and eight guys come in again at a different level, right? Um, you know, so first two rounds for the elites, uh, fifth round for four, five, and six, and then Noah Fant and Logan Thomas are my seven and eight, and generally you can get them in rounds like eight, nine, even ten sometimes. It's up to you where you want to target them based on your draft, based on where people tend to take tight ends in your draft, but to me, Fant and Thomas have a chance to maybe be a lot better than most people think. I think Fant really could challenge the elites. He could end up playing a lot like Hawkinson and Pitts. It wouldn't surprise me at all. It's a first-round guy. He's a very talented player. He's got speed. Um, and I think, you know, I think Drew Locke may have unlocked some some up-end potential with Fant, but I think from a targeting potential, I think Teddy Bridgewater is really quite good for Noah Fant. I think Bridgewater can do a lot with him. So the, the, the Teddy thing doesn't scare me at all. All of no fan, you know, you're not going to see the deep ball to fan probably, but I, but the thing about Fant is they tend to drag him underneath the umbrella. They tend to when the when the receivers are running the deep routes, they hit Fant in the the, the short area mid level routes. So I think Bridgewater and him could be a great fit. Um, Logan Thomas, I just think there's a lot of volume for him. Uh, so and 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 again, we you know we've talked about Logan Thomas a lot, but his you know, evolution last year from short area guy to, to intermediate guy, I thought was impressive. Um, you never know. He could regress, but I like the idea of him being targeted even more this year. Um, Dallas Goddard, 
Is my nine? I'm not as confident as I was when Ertz wasn't supposed to be around. Now it's back to the Ertz and Goddard thing. Granted, Goddard, I think, is going to be a 90% snap rate guy no matter what. But I do think the Ertz thing could cost him some targets. It could change the way he's targeted. It could cost him targets in certain areas of the field. It makes Goddard a little bit tougher to value. I still feel good about him. I still think he's the tight end one. Um, but I had him up with Fant when Ertz wasn't supposed to be there. I've got him down, down you know, after Logan Thomas. Uh, Mike Gusecki is a guy I'm increasingly confident in, confident in as Miami continues to lose tight end, uh, excuse me, to lose, you know, receivers. Um, so, you know, the, you know, uh, Bolden is out, um, and obviously, you know, Fuller's out early. Um, as much as I like Waddle, he's a lot like Fuller where he's injury-prone. Both of those guys are in and out. Devontae Parker is an injury-prone player. So there's really nobody, um, as, 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 as many high-quality bodies as Miami has around, I could easily see them having a run of injuries at receiver and Gasecki becoming, you know, that much more locked in. Moreover, uh, no matter what what's going on with the receivers, Gasecki's role shouldn't change. So, um, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about Gasecki. You know, the snap rate is a concern. You know, I don't know what his snap rate's going to be, but he tends to get targeted when he's on the field. So, um, he's my fringe guy with upside, if you will. And, you know, Tanyan is sort of my fringe guy with tight end upside. He's next. Number 11 is Tanyan. And I feel pretty strongly about those 11 guys being my top 11. It gets, you know, it gets dicier um, from this point forward. But having said that, you know, I think there's a really good argument to be made, you know, that if you don't find one of your, you know, one of my top eight, like for me, if I don't hit the Logan Thomas thing, I'm probably going to wait the position out and see if a value emerges. You know, let, you know, Tanya's still on the board super late, which he often is, or, you know, Evan Ingram or, or Evan Ingram or Janu Smith is on the board really late, which they often are. Uh, I could just grab one of those fringe guys and hope they hit. And then if they don't, you know, you go into free agency and you grab Gronkowski or Hunter Henry or Cole Komet or Zach Ertz or Gerald Everett, who has a ton of upside. Um, you know, that's the thing about this tight end group. And actually, I'll, I'll go back through these guys. There really is wisdom if you don't hit on the part of the tight end group that you want to hit on. It's a single position in most leagues, and it's a lot like quarterback where there's plenty of bodies. And, you know, one or two, three, you know, one, two, three weeks into the season, we're going to have a feel for which, you know, which players are trending well. You know, it could be a guy like, you know, Pat Freermuth. Uh, it could be a guy you really want to go deep. It could be a guy like Josh Oliver, uh, uh, you know, in Baltimore, although probably not Oliver, but I like him. Um, you know, Hayden Hurst is a guy where, you know, if Pitts really is going to be used 80% of the time like a wide receiver, well, then Hayden Hurst could be a dedicated tight end. could have the same exact value he had last year, and he's barely being drafted. Uh, Mo, Mo Ali Cox, if he's just running well and the knees aren't swelling, he could be a big player this year. Um, you know, I hit on Everett. I mean, who knows how good Everett might be. You know, uh, you know, a month and a half from now, we might be have him locked in as the tight end six. Um, uh, you know, and Ertz is a guy, you know, never discount Zach Ertz, ever. Uh, he's a good player, and I don't think he's washed. And, you know, I still think they're trying to deal him. Uh, but I talked to a little birdie in Philly, and, you know, he says they're starting to, you know, prep like he may be there. So, you know, that's still open-ended. The tight end position is deep in terms of viable options. It's not going to be deep in terms of how many of them hit. So, you know, to just sort of, you know, put a, you know, an umbrella over this whole thing, 
you know, attack the elite you want to go, go after. If you don't get him, hold off. See if Pitts or Hawkinson comes to you at a good price. If that doesn't happen, maybe Andrews does. If none of these six guys happens for you, well, guess what? Half your league now has their tight end. So tight ends may not move all that fast at this point. You may be able to hold off. Now, the fact that you haven't gone tight end means you probably have three RBs, two receivers, two receivers, three RBs, maybe two of each, and one of the elite quarterbacks. You're in a decent position. So keep taking best player available until a value presents itself, like a Noah Fant sitting there in the late eighth or ninth round or something like that. Um, you know, And again, I'm fine with you taking Fant where I have him ranked. I'm just saying if you want to sort of play the game and try to steal guys, that's how, you know, that's how we end up winning leagues, right? So... You know, waiting for a fan or a Thomas to be on the board too long. And then, you know, again, at that point, if that doesn't work, eight people have filled their tight end position. And Goddard and Gusecki and Tanya, they're still on the board. And we can wait and, and play the waiting game, see if, you know, a guy like Evan Ingram, you know, breaks out for some reason. Um, or a guy like Janu Smith could break out for some reason. Um, there's so many ways that you can play the tight end position well. Um, if you end up being a streamer because you waited it out too long, well, you might be able to be a really effective streamer um if you notice you know we generally figure out this stuff as the season wears on so you may be a streamer early on and then end up with Everett or with Hayden Hurst or whoever right Zach Ertz or Evan Ingram whoever right so the way you lose the tight end position is to panic by the wrong tight end at the wrong time like, that's how you lose. I think as long as you wait, you almost can't lose as long as you're making good picks. You know, as long as the running backs and receivers you're taking instead of tight end are good, you're going to be okay. So tight end is sort of like quarterback. Where what we want to do is we sort of just want to win the position. We want, to, we want to use it. You know, the longer you wait on tight end and quarterback, the more you're going to be able to make a heavy, strong pick at a time where the other positions are thinning, right? And the whole idea is to make those picks at the right time. So the elite like top four quarterbacks that we talked about when we were doing the quarterback position the right time for me is in that late fourth early fifth mid fifth area if i can attack there i feel like hey i'm you know four players plus a stud quarterback like a legit konami code foot point stud quarterback man i'm down with that all day you know i'm not going to sit there and cry because i don't have an elite tight end if i'm if i'm there right so the thing you don't want to do this year in my opinion is reach Reaching is really something you don't want to do this year. Um, so unless we're targeting a guy who thinks you know, we think is really good, yeah, sure, go above ADP to get your guy. But like seeing like, oh, the tight ends are moving, I better get somebody fast, and just going and doing something you wouldn't normally do, just don't do that. <laughs> You're going to be better off for it. Um, so to sum up tight end, love the top three, like four and five and Pitts and Hawkinson, and Andrews in that group, like Fant and Thomas. I'm okay with Goddard, Gusecki, Tanyan. And then it gets interesting. The 12th guy is where it gets interesting for me. The 12th guy could be any number, you know, any one of a number of guys. I don't think I mentioned Tyler Higby, who's the guy sitting in that spot right now. He's another one. He could end up being pretty darn good. And Higby is a guy where, you know, I think he gets decent separation, but not phenomenal separation. He's got good ball skills, and he's pretty good in contested situations. Stafford may end up being a better QB for Higby um, than Goff was. We'll see. So that's going to do it for the tight end position. Um, 
Actually, I'm sorry. Did, is there anybody? I, I mentioned Austin Knox. I think he's a guy to keep our eye on early in free agency. Same thing with Freermuth. I think O.J. Howard is a guy we can keep an eye on this year. Who knows what might happen there with him. Um, and again, there's tons of guys I didn't even mention who could end up being values. So the thing you don't want to do, again, at tight end is just don't panic. You know, don't... Like, and I'm, I'm trying to come up with a good idea of what a panic move would look like. Um, say you really want an elite guy and you don't get one, and you end up taking Pitts in the third or the early fourth. I think that's a panic move. You know, you take T.J. Hawkinson in the early fourth when there's still guys on the board who, you know, are better in a team-building point of view. That can be a reach. Um, you know, Mark Andrews, I think, uh, late third, early fourth, I think that's a reach. So you don't want to take these guys too high because you're frustrated that you didn't get one of the guys who are, in your mind, the stone-cold elites. Play the entire position. Don't get frustrated because at some point in the draft it doesn't fall your way because that's what the other 11 teams are there to do. They're there to trip us up, and they're gunning. So don't let it get to you. Stick to your board, particularly on tight ends and quarterbacks, where no matter what happens, we're going to be able to figure it out. Um, and that's going to do it for these positional pods. Hopefully there was some stuff in here of value for those folks who listen to all of them. I know I was talking pretty fast. I didn't have a chance to eat much of a lunch today, and I'm going on no sleep. It's been a crazy month. But I'm really into it. I'm enjoying fantasy football this year. Hopefully my enthusiasm is coming through. Um, and again, if there's anything that I missed, if there's a question, if there's anything I was unclear on, if there's a player I didn't mention that you think, wow, Pete would normally be high on this guy and he failed to mention him, hit me on Twitter and I'll let you know what I think. Uh, I'm going to be around. Um, so that's going to do it. Um, I am, like I said before, um, once I get dinner in the oven, <laughs> hopefully in about a half an hour or so, I'm probably going to do another rankings update and I will update the cheat sheets as well. So if, you're, if you've got an evening draft tonight, if you're walking into a draft room at 8 o'clock or something like that, uh, come back for fresh cheat sheets and uh, update at 500. And that's going to do it. Thanks for listening. And uh, what else? What else? Uh, Jim and I already recorded the show, but it'll be live Sunday morning. Um, and I will be updating the 500 tomorrow. I'll update it Sunday. I'll probably update it almost every day next week. The updates now are going to be smaller in nature. It's going to be more tweaks than big jumps, um, you know, unless we have an injury or something. Um, but that's the deal. So good luck in your drafts tonight. Um, hopefully I'll see you guys uh, around on Twitter over the weekend. Uh, and, you know, giddy up. In my tiny brain, in my tiny room Tiny